I actually considered introducing myself this morning as the envy of all the other parents in the room. You see, this might actually be my third favorite Sunday of the entire year. If we were ranking Sundays from a dad's perspective, the number one automatically goes to Mother's Day because dads aren't dumb, okay? Uh, Number two goes to Father's Day because I'm always in the mood for a new grill. And number three would have to be the Sunday when the scripture being taught is honor your father and mother. So my name is Rick, and I think for at least this one moment in time, I might be the envy of all the other parents in the room, but we'll see how long that lasts. Besides having the joy of continuing our Summer Rules sermon series, I also have the privilege of serving as one of the elders here at Mission Point and as one of the youth leaders to an amazing group of teenagers who we know as MP students. That's right. And in those roles lies the difficulty of what I have to do this morning. You see, a pastor who gets to teach on the topic of children obeying their parents, he can make a lot of friends. There are a lot of parents in the room who will probably appreciate having another adult tell their children, yeah, actually, I hate to break it to you, but you are supposed to listen to, honor, and obey your parents because the Bible says so. And I honestly half expect to see a lot of parents elbowing their kids this morning saying, see, I told you. Right, we're already getting amens. However, there is a flip side to this. As a youth leader who gets to teach on the topic of children obeying their parents, I can make a lot of enemies. Uh, There are a lot of teens and preteens in the room, so I'm just going to go ahead and invite the eye rolls to begin right now. So honestly, because of these dual roles, I could be feeling a lot of pressure right now, but I'm not, only because I'm not up here as an expert. I am up here as one who has been assigned to report the facts, to relay what the Bible says about this fifth commandment. And I truly expect to be an equal opportunity disappointer uh, this morning. (laughs) Lastly, to my own children in the room, rest assured that any examples or any quotes that I offer this morning that have any passing resemblance to anything that I've told you at home, that is merely intentional because I've been saying it for almost 20 years now. Uh, So I'm hoping that they're getting the point. Also, if you think I'm talking about you, my children, I'm not. I'm talking about your sibling. So, with all of that said, as a recap, let's let's look at where we've been at in the Ten Commandments, which God gave to Moses to give to all of the Israelites. We've been encouraged this summer, and I hope you are reading Exodus chapter 20 once a week and are attempting to memorize in some form these commandments. And the first three are all about God. There is no other God, no created God, no other name. You see, there is no other God in existence. There is no need to fashion or form any idol, and there is no greater name than God's name. And I believe it's entirely appropriate that the commandments would begin with a focus on God. And the fourth command, as we heard a couple of weeks ago, relates to the Sabbath. God has blessed it, And we should honor it. There is no greater 
work. And that brings us to the fifth commandment, the first one with a promise, which is found in Exodus chapter 20. And the, the verses will obviously be up on the screen, but as you've heard many times here, we have extra Bibles around and we would love to give them to you. So if you don't have one, make sure to see us afterwards. Exodus chapter 20 says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Can I point out something that's missing in this verse? It does not say only children up to 18 years of age should honor their father and mother. And I know, see, I knew I was going to ruin this opportunity to be the hero to all the parents. But I have to report the facts. This commandment is not exclusively written for children. It is commanded by God for anyone and everyone who has a father and mother. So unless you are visiting us from some alien planet where babies magically appear from a cloud filled with unicorns, then this fifth command is for you. You see, God was speaking to the entire nation of Israel when he gave these 10 commandments. So honoring your parents is not an extra command. It's not, hey, I think the children are starting to nod off. Let's throw them something. It's for all of us. But I think I know how this gets mixed up. You may have heard this command referred to as the first one with a promise. It was me. It was like 90 seconds ago, in case you needed a refresh. But that reference comes from Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So you see, Paul is commanding children to obey their parents as an application to the greater command for us all to honor our parents. He notes that it's the first commandment with a promise, and then he directs us to that promise, that it may go well with you. So the very first thing I want you to remember about this fifth commandment is that honoring parents is the first commandment with a promise. And my first question when I started thinking about all this was, what does it mean to honor? After all, this is the point in the sermon where all of our children are going to become investigative journalists, and they will want to know if honor means to obey, or if it just means getting your dad a tie on Father's Day. And they'll want to break down this word, suddenly interested in the dictionary, even though we know they have not cracked open a book this entire summer. But again, this commandment is not just for children under 18. And if they have learned about the gray areas of any rule, if gray areas exist, where do we think that they picked that up? The little apples, honestly, do not fall far from the tree when it comes to justifying ourselves to make, to make ourselves feel better about our own actions. When they see us speeding, what do we say? I'm going with the flow of traffic. When they see us taking office supplies, we say, well, the company makes a lot of money. They won't miss this. They see us sharing Netflix passwords. Easy, Rick. You might be starting to meddle. So let's look at the dictionary. First, I looked up obedience. To obey means to comply with the command, direction, or request of a person or a law. 
And I think we know exactly where this will get us. Oh, we'll obey our parents. We'll do the laundry, walk the dog, empty the dishwasher, take out the trash. But we're not gonna have a good attitude about it. And we'll make sure that our parents recognize the disdain we have for being forced to this servitude and having to obey them. So what does it mean to honor? To honor means to prize highly, care for, to regard with great respect. You see, to give honor is so much more than obedience because it involves how we treat our parents even when our parents are not in the room or for people like me whose parents have passed away. How do you honor your parents' memory? How do you talk about your parents to your peers? How do you seek to care for your parents? And this means long before you start picking out a nursing home for them, whether that comes across as a threat or a promise. Honestly, if the command was only to obey your parents, it might be a lot easier. So I wanna share a few times when Jesus modeled this well for us. And the first one is in Luke chapter two, where we read that, that Joseph and Mary, his earthly parents, always went up to Jerusalem for the Passover. And in this particular instance, Jesus was 12. Luke chapter two, verse 43, it says, after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. So I have to stop here and point out that if generational instincts are cyclical, then Joe and Mary are definitely boomer parents, without a doubt. And Jesus is Gen X. Because parents today would never not know where their children were for an entire day. But back in my day, I'm guessing Joe and Mary were just thinking that Jesus would come back home when the streetlights came on, right? Then they began looking for him from among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, which is honestly the only safe place for a, a preteen to be if you've been looking for them for three days, uh, right? So he's sitting there in the temple courts. He's sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? Jesus asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Jesus was God in the flesh. And he could have made the argument that he was right where he was supposed to be in that temple and that he wasn't, in fact, going anywhere. But he honored his parents by submitting to their rules. And we find out in the next verse that it went well for Jesus. Verse 52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. But this commandment is about more than a promise for things to go well with us. It is, after all, a, a commandment. Honoring parents means honoring God. I said earlier that the first three commandments were all about God. That was not to say that the next seven had nothing to do with God. It's always all about God. And there are a couple of extreme examples 
to show how important this commandment is to God. The first is in Deuteronomy chapter 21, where Moses relays this from God. If someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. Then they shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. I have a question. Who wants to be an elder now? Uh, You see, this is about more than just not doing your chores when asked to. This is about a lifestyle that reflects no honor for your parents. And it's not just mentioned in the Old Testament. In Romans chapter one, Paul is talking about the foolish wickedness of men. And he says that wicked men did not want to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. And then Paul lists out what ought not to be done. Romans chapter one, verse 29 says, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. And they have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. So why is this important? Because Paul does not skip a beat when listing disobedience to parents as deserving of death in this large list of naughty no-nos. We can dissect the verses all we want, but if disobedience to parents is deserving of death in both the Old and New Testament, then we have to believe that breaking the fifth commandment is doubly so. So why is this fifth commandment honor and not obedience? Because obedience is temporary and honor is forever. You see, as we become adults and we get married, our obligation turns to our spouse. But even Jesus, as we'll soon see, showed that honoring a parent extends into adulthood. You see, I believe parents serve as a foundation for how we act in society. They are an opportunity for us to learn how to interact with others. We see and experience what it means to put the will of another above our own. As has already been said in this series, so it applies to honoring our parents. Rather than seeing honor and obedience as taking away our freedom, it's actually a path to freedom. The promise of long life is not just the first promise within the commandments, but a literal showcasing of the freedom being offered. For parents, it's not so much, I brought you into this world, now I can take you out. It's, I've been given a great responsibility to show you how life works, to show you who God is, and you should honor these ways. And to not do so will result in the beginning of the breakdown of our society. That it may go well with you, is a promise of blessings, not curses. 
In fact, the connection between honoring parents and enjoying the gift of long life from the Lord is telling. If we cannot or will not recognize the physical life granted to and protected by our parents, how can we possibly hope to do so for God, whom we can't see, but grants us life on every level? Okay, so you might be listening to me this morning. Then again, you might not. But for those who are listening to me this morning, you might be listening and saying to yourself, but what about my parents? Rick, you don't know my parents. They weren't or they aren't good people. They aren't honorable. So how am I supposed to honor them? I get it. Some of you have not won the parent lottery, but do you really wanna play the comparison game? This is similar to God's command to love one another, to love the sinners. We don't necessarily love someone because they are perfect or because they are lovable. God has commanded us to honor our parents and he doesn't list any qualifications. We don't necessarily honor our parents because they are honorable. In fact, even the parents who are doing their best to follow Christ and are raising their children, again, in their best ways to to be honorable, are imperfect. I know that my own children could tell some, some stories of times when my actions have not been honorable in how I have treated them. They won't tell those stories, of course, because of the hush money. They'll ask me later, what hush money? And I'll remind them how I pay for their phones, their insurance, most of their food, and the lights that they leave on around the entire house. You see, part of this means honoring parents means honoring their position. When it comes to understanding how we relate to other people, God began with parents. They are the first people we relate to. Our parents are the first people who show us love by caring for our needs. They are the first people who give us expectations, setting a groundwork of house rules and chores and responsibilities. Our parents are the ones God has given us to serve as our guides. They have gone before us. They've experienced life. They've made the mistakes. And hopefully, they've gained wisdom. They are protectors, keeping us safe from danger, which sometimes means protecting us from ourselves and our inexperienced decision-making. They are there to console us when life is too big, too tough, and too much. At least, that's the design And we have to acknowledge that not everyone has had this experience. So what does honoring your parents look like in the shadow of parents who abused and neglected and perhaps led astray? How do we honor parents who are not honorable? And you're gonna hate me for this, but I don't have any easy answers. I wish I did. There is no cookie cutter, feel good response to this. But I do have to wonder what we tell our kids when, we, when they're facing similar situations from other people. How do we tell them to respond to the school bully, the loudmouth, the jerk? Could it be that we need to apply some of our own solutions for other people's problems, but now in our own direction? What if we chose to honor our parents even when they were dishonorable? Now, this doesn't mean that we need to stay in an unhealthy situation, 
But as with the school bully, we get to choose how we respond. And I want you to imagine what a world would look like if we honored others. How do we honor the office of parents even when the parent is not honorable? If a police officer were talking to me, I would use the words sir or ma'am. This was something that my parents taught me when teaching me how to drive, which may tell you something of what they thought of my driving uh, because they knew I was going to be pulled over. Get pulled over, you address the officer as sir or ma'am. And I wanna be clear, you shouldn't do that just to get out of a ticket. It's, it's honoring to the, to the office of a police officer. If a military general were to come in, I would show him respect no matter my philosophical thoughts on war. And if the president of the United States came in, my vote in that moment does not matter. I would stand and I would honor him because of the office and the authority which has been given to him. Parents have been given an authority by God. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a parent. That's going to be the first thing teens will say. Well, it's easy for you to say you're a parent. Of course you want children to obey their parents. I'm just reporting the facts. Let's go look at Deuteronomy chapter six and you tell me who God is talking to. Because when God gives the greatest commandment, he's giving a task to parents. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Impress them on your children. And he goes on. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames uh, on your houses and on your gates. Do you wanna know why your parents sound like a broken record? It's because that is what God has told us to do. And I'm doing my part. You can ask my kids. Uh, I'm absolutely a broken record. My job as a parent is to impress upon them the commandments from God. And their job is to honor. Just like my job is to honor my parents even as an adult. Here's another example from Jesus who was an adult at this time. John chapter two, very first verse, it says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Now I have a couple points I wanna make here. First, Uh, This was not woman make me a sandwich type talk from Jesus. Uh, In the original language, woman was a title of respect. So Jesus is not in any any frame uh, disrespecting his mom here, but he's addressing her with a title. And, And he asks why his mom has involved him in something as so eternally insignificant as a party with no party juice. I understand it would have been socially embarrassing, but really only until the next wedding. Jesus says to her, my hour has not come. And he's speaking about the reason for why he has come to earth. And I can assure you, it was not to play bartender. 
Now, let me ask you something. Who do you think would know better the best time for Jesus to announce and begin his earthly ministry? Jesus, literally God on earth who has planned this out since forever ago, or his mom? Verse five, his mother responds to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. And if you don't know the end of the story, it goes something like this. Jesus turned a whole lot of water into a whole lot of wine and the party was saved. His first miracle is in the books and we're told that his disciples put their faith in him at that party. Jesus honored his mother even when he said, it's not my time yet. And I gotta tell you, the confidence of Mary to just ignore his comments, turn to the servants and say, just do whatever he tells you to do is peak mom vibes right there. Uh, Because Jesus did it. He said, it's not my time. She walked away and he performed the miracle. I don't think Mary actually knew better than Jesus. I believe Jesus acquiesced as a means of honoring his mom in that moment. She pointed out a need that she knew he could meet and he met it. And I'm going to guess Mary had no doubt in her mind that it would be taken care of. I imagine that she just walked away from the conversation at that point and went on to tell another one of her children what to do. And I think that this display of honor with Jesus as an adult, the son of God, is something that we should consider no matter our age. In all of our efforts to walk as Jesus walked, we would do well to spend more energy in this area because honoring parents is one way that we model Jesus. You see, we're not above honoring our parents, no matter how old we are. Jesus was seated on his throne in heaven and he came down and he submitted to the authority of his earthly parents, even Joseph, who was his adoptive father. From birth to death, Jesus modeled how to honor his parents. In fact, while on the cross, Jesus took time there to honor his mother. I don't know if any of you have ever been in an extreme amount of pain, but let me break this down for you. Jesus is crucified, nailed to the cross. He's been beaten and whipped. He has a crown of thorns smashed down on his head, nails through his hands and his feet. And he has to pull himself up against the nails in order to catch a breath. He is on this cross for hours, yet we only have seven recorded statements from him. To say that he's saving his breath for only the important matters is an understatement. And this is one of the statements we find in John chapter 19. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Are you kidding me? Jesus is quite literally 
dying for the sins of the entire world, giving himself as a sacrifice for everyone who ever lived before him and for anyone who will ever live after him. And he takes this moment on the cross to make sure that his mom is cared for after he dies. Mary was highly favored, but she was still an imperfect parent like the rest of us. This was not about Mary. This was about Jesus, a son honoring his mother. I don't know what your parents are like. I know they fall somewhere on the spectrum between imperfect to more imperfect, but this isn't about them. God doesn't list any exceptions in the 10 commandments. He said to honor your father and mother, and there's a promise attached to it that it may go well with you. But there's an expectation. So I would challenge you this week, find one way to honor your parents. For children and teens, it might mean doing a chore without being asked, without expecting anything in return, perhaps without even telling your parents that you did it. For adults, it could mean seeking out uh, their wisdom from your parents. It, It could mean a thousand different things, but the intention and the attention would be focused on them. It's focused on the other. When God gave the 10 commandments to his people, he was setting them apart as a holy people. He is setting us apart as a holy people. The standard was super high and it remains high. God is calling us to be holy just as he is holy. So honor your parents that it may go well with you. Let's pray. Father God, I can, I can only hope that, that my words this morning have not fallen on deaf ears, that ears have been opened, that hearts have been opened, that people have been receptive to, to hear your word. And I can only hope that as we go from here, it would be, it would be a, a mark in history where uh, for us, we, we go forth and, and we honor our parents and we watch as, as the ripple effects uh, start to change the world around us. God, I believe that you intentionally put this commandment in there to, to honor our parents. And so I also have 100% confidence that you with your spirit will be on us to give us the ability and the strength to, to honor this commandment to fulfill this commandment. Let us never forget, God, that this commandment, just like all the others, is all about you. So may we give you the honor and the glory and and the praise that is due your name. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.